The Athletic Podcast Network is supported by the Quip Electric Toothbrush, the Tesla of toothbrushes. Most people's oral care habits could be better. We often brush for less than two minutes and use old, worn-out bristles. Quip makes having a fresh, healthy mouth easy and convenient. Their electric toothbrush pulses every 30 seconds, so you clean your mouth evenly, and they deliver brush head refills every three months, just like dentists recommend. Get your first refill free at getquip.com slash listen. That's getquip.com slash listen. And welcome to your favorite Valentine's and President's Day themed fantasy baseball podcast in the whole wide world. It's the under the radar part of the athletic fantasy baseball podcast, or as we like to call it, TAFB for short, with my friend and yours, Ian Cobb. Hello, my friend. Your friend and mine, Derek Van Love that acronym. We're here to serve you as you get ready for your fantasy baseball everythings. On today's show, uh, we basically themed it. We smushed together. Val- it was going to be Valentine's Day. And then it's like, well, you know, Ian was George Washington, so let's respect President's Day a little bit here, too. Oh, is that well, why? Everyone else okay. just blows it off, you know? Right. Well, even though you played General George Washington, he eventually I actually played the president. the president for one scene. There was a flash forward. And so for one scene in the series finale, I do appear as the president. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. We we'll win the to- war. Spoiler alert. Come on, man. Sorry. Hey, listen, we win the war. But we're also at episode 36, which is a really cool number. I'm digging it. For us. Uh, Is that true? I might have copy and pasted that and not changed the number. No, we are 36. All right, great. (laughs) Anyway, Valentine's and President's Day show combined. Uh, The players we love and the players who will lead us to victory. So we're going to get into some players we love in the, you know, the 300 range of ADPs, the 150 range of ADPs. We're going to get into some random fantasy rules we love. Uh, what Ian would do as commissioner, his first rule, kind of a weak answer in the rundown. Maybe we can goad him into doing some more okay. deeper, uh, yep. angrier stuff. Sure. Um, things like that. It's, it's a good show. The, the names in here are really interesting. Uh, some Austin Adams, some Joe Ross, a little Sandy Alcantara. Um, so let's start the show. Uh, first of all, I want to remind people, if you, if you like what you hear here, there's actually more throughout the week. Uh, DVR could probably plug that a little better than I could, but Al Melchior has got a major role. Matt Medica's on these shows. Uh, DVR, uh, at least on this one, which is the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Subscribe. You'll love it. You won't miss an episode. We also have a 15-minute show, Fantasy Baseball in 15, with Al Melchior, Beller, and DVR. Um, and, of course, Rates and Barrels, which everybody knows about and loves and praises. So, look, we don't want to sit here and beg you to subscribe to stuff, but if you like it, if you subscribe, you won't miss a show. So there you go. DVR, how is that? A plus? A plus plug? A plus plug. All right. <laughs> Let's get into it. Um, I want to get into players we love in honor of Valentine's Day. Uh, so uh, we started kind of lowish. I know this angers Ian because we didn't do ADPs 1 through 12. Yeah. These are ADPs 150 through 250. Uh, two players in that range that I love. Ian, why don't you go ahead and kick it off? Okay, um, I went with, and yes, I'm annoyed that we don't get to say that I love, like, Ronald Acuna. Um, two players <laughs> in between 150 and 250. Uh, I have Kyle Schwarber at 150, just barely making it, and Mike Fultonawitz at 202. Uh, Schwarber is just growing into himself. I think that he is going to be a, a just a, a huge player this year. Um for the Cubs and for fantasy teams, if you can get him at 150, that's a place to be buying, I think. And Fulton Awitz, I've been talking about Fulty for years, being like a mini Max Scherzer, a guy who just didn't couldn't find his command and control early in his career with a big arm. I know that he came back last year, and when he came back, he really struggled. But if you look at his last few starts, he was stronger. I just believe in him as a, you know, you're buying him at 202, you're getting him as a SP4, SP5, right? DVR, uh, maybe six. Uh, definitely there's upside there for me. So those are my two guys, Kyle Schwarber and Mike Fulton-Nawitz. He's cheap relative to where he got at his peak a couple of years ago. It's still a good team. The stuff's always been really good. It comes down to consistency for him. Uh, so I do like the idea of buying low on him this year. And Schwarber ends up on my teams every year. I'm surprised he's not going about 50 picks earlier with the year that he's coming off of. Uh, I think one thing that he kind of quietly did 
He became a little better defensively, and as a result, wasn't getting yanked from games for defensive replacements as often as he had in the past either. So I think that's one little thing that he's done that's helped his plate appearance volume uh, over the last year as well. DVR right a, around that 150 range. Go ahead, Ian. Yeah, um, no, no, I'm sorry. sorry. Um, no, but about Schwarber, also, like, if you look back at his draft position, he was drafted, I think, second in the draft by the Cubs when they were back in there it's somewhere. It's a top five pick. And it, the idea was that he was going to be just one of the best pure hitters in baseball. And so it takes some time. Now he's in his junior year, going back to this analogy of of baseball. He's, like, just graduating. He's going to be one of the older guys in the league. Not even. He's, But he's, you know, he's deep in the league. He's seen these pitchers. I just think, I mean, he could hit four. 40 home runs this year and hit with a he could hit a 280 average even yeah it might be a little high but maybe he could like he could really put it all together and just be a dominant force in that lineup there's a there's a bunch of outfielders in that area in that 150 area so i just want to i just want to quick ranking quick mini rank uh dvr you go first because i think i know what ian's answer will be but let's put fran mil reyes kyle schwerber uh luertas guriel jr and byron buxton and I know it's you know different kind of guys. I know Buxton. If you're building a team, you don't have steals yet. He leaps in value, but uh, put those four together. Just smush them all together. And, and what order would you take them, DVR? I would go Buxton, Schwarber, Reyes, and then Lourdes Guriel is last for me of that bunch. I think Buxton he quietly got better last year, and just like Schwarber, I've been Linus in the pumpkin patch, waiting for the great pumpkin for a few years now, uh, and it finally happened last year with Schwarber, so at least I was able to reap the benefits there. With Buxton, I mean, he got the K-rate down to 23.1% last year. He was hitting the ball harder. Yeah, he lost about half the season to injuries, which is a big part of who he's been as a player so far, but he still has that blazing speed, and if you get a full season from Byron Buxton, he's now flashing big league tools that could translate to early round value, maybe even late first round value. Like that's how good I think he can still be. So that's kind of the separator for me from that pack. There's really almost nothing that separates Schwarber from Franmil Reyes. Like they are very similar players from a profile perspective. And with Guriel, we saw some big steps forward after that demotion last year. I think it's just that he's got a slightly shorter track record than Schwarber in particular. That's part of the reason why he's behind Schwarber. With Reyes, I'm not worried at all about playing time. With Guriel, he moves around a little bit. Maybe he plays his way out of a regular job at some point, but he's he's close. He's in the conversation. Ian, uh, are, you, are we rotten? Is there no downside anymore to Kyle Schwarber? Are we, uh, do we not well, fear that, that terrible 230 season? No, I don't think that happens. I mean, I'm looking at his average now. It was 250 last year, but he hit 38 home runs. He walks a lot. He does strike out quite a bit. Uh, he's in a still a good lineup. For me, I'm going to go, and there's a reason for this, I'm going to go Schwarber, Buxton, Reyes, and Gurriel, but I don't put Reyes close to Schwarber. I, I'm in disagreement about that. I, I'm not a Reyes guy, partially because he was traded, which tells you, I mean, it was also going NL to AL. But my problem, the reason I only put Buxton number one, who I'm also, I'm in the pumpkin patch on Buxton, right? I'm in that pumpkin patch still. I just really love Schwarber, is because Buxton always gets hurt running into walls. <laughs> like, he just gets hurt playing defense. And I just don't see him stopping. Like, how do you tell a guy not to, you know, how do you tell a guy not to follow his instincts and run into that wall to make that catch and break his shoulder again and again and again? Or, you know, turn his ankle or that's my only problem with Buxton. I, I'm fully on board with what DVR is saying. If I didn't like Schwarber so much, Buxton would have been Buxton would have clearly been number one. I just I just have a thing. I just think Schwarber has a blow up year. I'm on record. Yeah, okay. I mean it's it's that's your guy. That's your guy, man. Yeah. Right? I better make a trade this for early. him in a dynasty. I need to make a trade in a dynasty league before this podcast comes out because I've been waiting to do a Schwarber trade in one league, and I think I better do this before it comes out and the guy realizes how much I love Schwarber. Ian, actually, you bring up a good point there. Well, maybe inadvertently, but what I don't think you're... Kyle Schwarber in a dynasty league. And you're the dynasty league guy. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, I mean, and I think people get the impression that he's, uh, you know, 40 years old. He's been around so long. He's going to be 27 this season. Uh, you know, which, which a lot of people... I remember Eric Mack popularized it 15 years ago on CBS. That's the 27 is the breakout year. Um, Kyle Schwarber... Well, I'm sorry, what? There's a reason for that. The 27 breakout year of the astrology. Yeah, Eric Mack, anyway, Eric Mack's a genius. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the point is, Kyle Schwarber, 
is on that line where it's kind of like, you know, he's not some 23-year-old hotshot right now. The shine is off a little bit in a dynasty league, but he's a 27-year-old possible breakout who people might be kind of sick of and might be selling on that 38 home run, 250 season when, you know, previously it was 230, 211 as his batting averages. Is he more of a dynasty target than an actual guy you want to draft? Like, forget about ADP because it doesn't make a difference in dynasty leagues, but is Kyle Schwarber someone? And, you know, let me spin it like this. We get questions a lot from people who are like, first year dynasty league, what's your strategy? Is Kyle Schwarber maybe like the perfect guy for a dynasty league first year draft or auction? Because he's kind of in that weird ether between young prospect and possible, you know, reversion or regression. Yeah, man. Schwarber is to me a really great dynasty guy to get in so many different ways. Because let's say he does blow up this year, right? I'm going to try to buy him before he blows up. Then he blows up and he becomes a top 60 player in fantasy baseball. If he gets that average up to 270, hard to do. But if he does, if he hits 42 home runs instead of 38 home runs, he's playing every day. And like Derek says, his defense is getting better, so they're not pulling him. He's playing against lefties. He's hitting against everybody. All of a sudden, you can get a ton more from him because he's still only going to be 28 next year. It's not until guys hit 31, 32, 33 that their value really starts to dive. There's a nice juicy area between 27 and 30 where those guys are worth a tremendous amount. And you want to be able to to buy them you know, and then sell them. So uh, Schwarber is a really good dynasty focus player from, from my perspective. All right, DVR, let's move on to your guys in the 150 to 250 range. And really, I think the three of us really did 150 to 200. We didn't dip too much in that second half. Maybe because as you're going down the list, there are so many guys in that first 50 that are, that are available and likable. Uh, DVR, go ahead, man. Who are you two? Corey Seager is my kind of Schwarber equivalent, the guy that's barely in that 150 range. He just doesn't belong this low. He's probably 50 picks underdrafted right now, coming off of a couple major injuries, got back last year, kept the K rate under 20%, was still drawing walks, didn't have the typical exit velocity so when you look at xba and x slug they were at five-year lows in both categories but kind of like schwarber because he's been around for a while i think we have this idea that Corey seager is in his late 20s he's only 25 uh, so i think what we're going to see with a normal offseason that he's coming off of he's going to enter this spring training as healthy as he's been in a couple of years this is a guy who was an early round pick before all the injuries hit and maybe because he doesn't steal bases he can't get all the way back up to a second round adp in the future but he does not deserve to be falling this far. Like I will have Corey Seager on almost every roster if that price doesn't start to tick up in the next few weeks. Like I just I think this is a great lineup. It's a situation where he's not going to get platooned much. Playing time is going to be there. He's at least a four category player, and we maybe haven't even seen his best season yet. So very excited about Corey Seager. The other guy in this range is more of that old boring type. It's Lorenzo Kane. And I think people are going to say, well, DVR, you're being a Brewers homer. But I think with Lorenzo Cain, he was 100% healthy for about 10% of last season. And even with that, he played a lot, got to 11 homers, stole 18 bases. In a typical year, he's going to flirt with a 300 average. And I think he's still a threat to steal 20 or 25 bases. So uh, leading off in that Brewers lineup, he's going to score lots of runs. I think preventative maintenance is kind of part of the equation with him, but if he gets to 140 games again, I'd be surprised if he doesn't top the batting average and the steals from 2019. Here's an interesting thing that I've learned as I've gone along, and I've, I've like started to write things and edit things for the season. Um, and you mentioned it. This injury, it's it, people. I don't know why, but ADPs are so wrongly low for these players who were injured last year. And the first guy who jumps to mind for me is Jesus Aguiar. But there, there's someone else who I was just reading the other day who was injured all last year, um, uh, uh, Joey Wendell on Tampa Bay, who could play his way into some kind of good role and everyone loved before last season. Joey Wendell like broke his wrist in April, came back and still had the bad wrist and played through it, and it sapped his power and his batting average. Uh, Ian, is there an issue people are having with not like digging in and realizing these guys were hurt? Like When the dust settles, people are down on Aguiar. He didn't hit a lot of home runs, but dude was hurt for probably most of the year. Yeah, is this going to be an exploitation this year? It, it, it's possible. I mean, I, I just want to take Joey Wendell. It's just anybody in Tampa. I'm very gun shy about because of their the way they go about their playing time everywhere, including their closer. Um, even with the trade of Pagan, the, the the thing is that you know Lorenzo Kane. It's a fair argument about Kane 
Um, coming off injury, he really did struggle. But the thing that kind of scares me about Lorenzo Cain, I just want to put this out there, was he started getting caught stealing a little bit more than he'd ever been caught before last year. Uh, he still stole 18 bases. He got caught eight times. If you look the year before, he was 30 stolen bases and seven caught. 26 the year before and two caught. You know, the, once that, that number starts climbing on the caught stealing, I start to get nervous about these guys, especially as they get older, because then, you know, the, the emotion of getting caught stealing, it sucks. I don't know if you remember when you were playing ball, like getting caught stealing is like, it's two steps better than getting picked off. But that's something that I always look at with outfielders as they're getting older or players as they're getting older that do have speed attached to them. I can see how in that case, the injury is going to depress his value. I'm just a little concerned about Lorenzo Cain being somebody that you count on for speed. I don't like Kane either. DVR is being a homer. He just doesn't realize it. That's the definition <laughs> of being a homer. Yeah, maybe. But I just traded for Lorenzo Kane this past week in one of my dynasty leagues. I traded a second round pick and I think a and a prospect DG, DJ Peters. I just traded uh, to get Lorenzo Kane to get some depth on that team. You know, he's a bench piece for me. He's a outfield five or outfield six, and that's a great place for him to be. I worry if he's an outfield three, but that's me. DVR is pretty darn smart though. Ian, let me ask you, you know, when people when people ask about, you know, dynasty league strategy and stuff like that, I don't actually have one. Like, I go back and forth. Like, my roster is half, especially when the, the auction's done. And if I have, you know, whatever to fill and as I'm making trades and stuff, my roster's usually half kind of dudes who will help this year. But I always leave room, for, even if I think I'm going to win it all this year, for four or five prospects who I like because they're trade ships. And either way you look at it, if, if, I, if my team sucks, I got plenty of trade ships. If my team turns out to be good, I got plenty of trade ships. Is I mean, is that a strategy? Is to mix it up, or do you have to have one way or another if you actually want to win it any given year? I mean, no. I, look, we talked about a trade that I made in a league that I'm in full compete mode, where I traded Charlie Blackman and Charlie Morton for Jason Dominguez, right? And I got Keichel and Ison Davis as well, and a draft pick. But I'm still in full compete mode. So it really does depend, like getting value, getting guys that you want is the really the most important thing. But yeah, you should, you should know the the biggest mistake, Andrew McQuiston is a, is a really smart player. I play in a league with him. He has a podcast. Um, and he, he says the biggest mistake that can be made is thinking you're ready to compete when you're not, because then you end up giving away, you give away those trade chips, trying to get to that place. And then you realize, well, I'm just going to be in fourth or fifth place. And that really means very little. In fact, it kind of hurts you to be in fourth or fifth place. So I definitely think you, you want to really have a plan. You want to know who you are and where you're going if you're in a dynasty league. Just not just fly by the seat of the pants and we'll see how things are going to play out. At least that's my experience. DVR, do you have a different experience? No, you want to choose a direction. Uh, I, don't, I don't think you want to try and, and let fate decide which way you go early in a season. I mean, if you're close to contending, maybe you can play it out for six weeks or eight weeks yeah. and see if you're exceeding expectations with some young guys getting more playing time. But generally, I think going into the season, you're in a much better place if you know this is the window, this is not the window, because you're you're seeking out the right kinds of deals to make your team start to pop at the right time. How long is too long of a rebuild? Like three years? At some point, are you like, hey, I suck at this dynasty thing, man. But it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Asking, asking for a, a friend who's in a score sheet league in you, <laughs> the third you need year to, rebuild. You know what's funny, Nando? Before you and I knew each other, um, and yeah. when I was just first starting out and I had taken over this Dynasty League team that I just talked about, I took over a, a kind of a rotting carcass of a team. And I wrote you on Twitter. This was before I knew you. And I said, hey, I'm making all these moves. And it was the year was 2011. And I said, I'm making all these moves for 2013. And you wrote, hey, why not 2012, dude? Right? And that's kind of how you did it. It's like, why are you waiting until 2013? Um, and I was like, yeah, I still think right, 2013. Ian, I'm, a dick. I'm sorry, man. No, yeah. you weren't. No, it was, it was awesome because you had responded to my question on Twitter. And I was like, I was just first starting out. And, and but, Which but account the reality, was it? Uh, <laughs> fair question. Uh, it was the, the original, not the burner, as you call it. Though it's not a burner. It's the fantasy baseball account. That's one thing I do want to say. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm thrilled to have you follow, and we should all give our tags. I have two. I have my actor account, which is at Ian Khan, where I do not speak about fantasy baseball at all. It's a it's it's my actor account, political account, nothing to do with that. But if you have questions, it's Ian Khan 4, uh, and that's where you should follow me. And DVR, you want to tell yours? 
just at Derek Van Riper. I wish I had at DVR, but uh, I don't know. One of the cable companies or something snatched that up 10 years ago. So And Nando? Uh, so the one that I use for all my acting and political <laughs> stuff is... Uh, <laughs> It's all just Nando DeFino. Come yeah. find me. That's Come why. That's why. Me. This is the the fun. But but here was the point. I'll give uh, I'll give my, you a flippant response about going for it and not. It was not flippant. Substance. It was it was thoughtful. You were like, well, can't you do it for 2012? But the reality was that no, I was right because 2012 I did a full. Uh, 2011 I took over the team in the middle of the season. Started making trades then. 2012 I did a full tank and continued making trades. It was probably the most fun I ever had because I was playing all the all the teams off of each other who were competing. And I made so much profit. Then, then in 2013, I went for full comp compete and I ended up winning the league. So it, it does make sense. Put yourself, again, if you're doing a first year dynasty draft, I'm telling you, do not draft for this for 2020. Draft for 2021, always. Always go for the following year. That way you can take value, value, value. That's what you want to be doing. Everyone else is like, I want to win. I want to get that first flag. It's like, screw you. You get your first flag. I want the flag in year two, three, four, five, six. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, Build but here's the problem. A dynasty. This is this is the 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 poster child for first year dynasty leagues is Nelson Cruz. No one wants to touch him because he's old and whatever and whatever, you know, even the guys who are trying to win this year. So in a way, Nelson Cruz becomes a value. But can you look to 2021 and be like, well, I got Nelson Cruz. No, you cannot take ADP. No, do not take Nelson Cruz. Go take CJ Abrams. If Nelson Cruz is there and CJ Abrams is there, you go take CJ Abrams. Because in 20, during that season, when you're ready to compete and everyone else is like, oh yeah, my team stinks. You trade CJ Abrams for three Nelson Cruz's. Young bats. I would take Nelson Cruz and be like, I can trade him, I can flip him in July to the number one team for blank and blank. But you're you not know? getting, you're not going to get the premium top ten, top twenty baseball prospect that you can get now. You're not going to get the Adley Rutschman for him. Nobody's going to give you Adley Rutschman for Nelson Cruz. Go take Adley Rutschman in that spot when everyone else is. It's what Tom Trudeau does. Tom Trudeau is a master at this. In fact, he was the creator of this. And I started doing it. I read an article that he wrote and I was like, yep, that's the way to do it. And from that point, it sets you up forever. It's like, you know, it's like going to law school. You got to go through the pain of going to law school. But then, well, lawyers not really a great job anyway. But you got to go to medical school and you got to work hard and work hard. And then you get to be a doctor for the rest of your life. It's like, go take the pain. Invest your $100. And then you've got, I remember, look, in 2016, I joined a new league. I took Alex Bregman in the 17th round. I took, in the 17th round, I got Alex Bregman, who had just come out of college. I got David Dahl. I got all these guys that I then flipped for players that now has that team has Mookie Betts, Ronald Acuna, Mike Trout, and Christian Yelich. You got to start, you got to take them when they're babies and then let them grow. And then you can use them as real chips. Not a, hey, you can win this year, but hey, your team's, your team's not as good as you thought it would be. Why don't you give me Paul Goldschmidt and, uh, and Chris Sale for Alex Bregman? Okay, I'll do it. Because Goldschmidt's thirty-two and sales on that, you know, you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm. That that's how you win in dynasty leagues. It's compelling stuff. This is our clip DVR, right? Mark it down. <laughs> Tainted this meat. Our, okay, Nando, you got to give your top. We are we are one topic in, and we're thirty minutes in. So what that's is the one fifty to two fifty ADP? What is yours? I had JD Davis and Luke Weaver. <laughs> and thanks for joining us, everybody. <laughs> we would have been through the first topic. <laughs> That's what makes it a good show, DVR. <laughs> it's the most fun hour of business that I have during the week, period. Well, you're the one who made this For business. Sure. We could still be having fun, but you declared it business. It's true. Period. All right. Well, here, here, I'm going to give you a little bit of why is it that we have the two players from 150 to 250, Nando, and then the next topic is the, a player between 300 and 400. What about between 250 and 300? Nothing? I, want, I wanted to go deep. You know, I, I, I didn't want to go by steps. I wanted to just go from somewhat, you know, end of a 12-teamer, middle of a 12-teamer-ish. To gotcha. just like right. another size league. I did. I mean, if you want to throw out someone between 250 and 300 who you're very passionate about, nah, I can I, change but, it. But I am ready for 300 to 400. Uh, we could skip around a little bit if you'd like. Would you like nah. to talk about Davis and Weaver, though, Nando? I mean, oh, yeah. I, Davis I, and no, Weaver. Uh, you know, I don't need to. This isn't an exercise <laughs> in ego. This is uh, just giving some names for people to... <laughs> J.D. Davis and Luke Weaver. 
Davis J.D. is interesting. Davis? J.D. Davis is interesting. If he gets playing time, it's a it's a steal. But if he doesn't I can't get playing, see how he won't get playing time. <sighs> what if Cespedes comes back? Then they trade him. Cespedes. Yeah, or they DFA him in like you know gentlemanly DFA way. Like, look, you're not a fit anymore. We're going to DFA you. Uh, go find a team that can use you and love right. you. All right. Well, the sunk cost I is assume. smaller because they reduced the contract. That's yeah. true. So well, they, they, they can they can just cut them loose if they want to, and there may there may actually be more trade appeal there now than there ever could have been with the original they deal. They could have voided that contract if they wanted to, if they wanted to fight. Well, he can, he he just posted. Cespedes just posted this video of him looking in really good shape, going, "Hey, I'm ready to show everybody what I can do," which actually puts him on my radar. He um, was he was twenty uh, percent better than league average each of his last four seasons in terms of WRC plus. Like Jonas Cespedes is a good player. He might be accident prone on his farm, but he is yeah. a good baseball player. He he should be in everybody's conversation at this point. Cespedes. He should be somebody who, if you can get for nothing, you take. In a, in a, you can in a, get him for nothing, right? Yeah. So, I, you know, what is his ADP? Do you know what his ADP is? I got him at 491.4. He's a 419th player, 491.4. Uh, that's just that's the generic NFBC ADP. I didn't adjust for the new February one. He's 1st. at three. The, the DVR did February 1st to today, and Cespedes is up to 384. The same area as Stephen Piscotti, as Dribble Cabrera, Miguel Cabrera. Yeah, that's about right. That's about where you should be able to take him. Daniel Vogelbach. Yeah, I like Vogelbach. I mean, at this point, he's better than all those guys. Like the min picks, three twenty nine in the last fifteen days. Like, I why why not? All right, let's move on now to the player in the three hundred to four hundred ADP that we love. Nando, why don't you start? I have too many windows open. I just read Luke Weaver's baseball reference page out loud. Uh, Mauricio Dubon. I, I think he's being vastly underrated. He's got a ton of speed. He's got three thirty plus stolen base seasons. Uh, in the minors, he's got the job. I don't. Th- I mean, I don't think Wilmer Flores is going to knock him out of a job completely or anything like that. Um, and his power was developing quite nicely. He I, I, DVR. You could probably speak more eloquently since you're a homer and he was in the Milwaukee system uh, before he was traded out to San Francisco. But I think people are sleeping pretty hard on Mauricio Dubon, who could you know? Everyone, oh, there's no speed. What are we going to do? And here's a guy who can steal 30 bases probably pretty easily. I think. Yeah, so he had an ACL tear, I think, that cost him most of 2018. Uh, I don't I don't know if that cost him speed in the long run or anything like that. The thing that I, I keep coming back to with Dubon is just he's he's one of those Ian, weird players. He's, yeah. he's already 25. Yeah. <laughs> like he's older than you think. And AAA was ridiculous last year. So he was good. He was 116 WR plus, 16% better than league average, hits for average does steal some bases, does have some power. The park's going to suppress the power a little bit. I liked him better at Miller Park when he was going to play in Milwaukee than in San Francisco, so that's a slight ding, but his path to an everyday job is a lot clearer. So whatever you lost in those park factors, you probably gained back in the chance that he's an everyday player instead of a utility guy. And I think because he can move around a lot, that's going to be enough to keep him in the lineup almost every day. So I, I, I see why you like him. Uh, I think he's probably he's probably a little better in real life than he is in fantasy, believe it or not, because the the stolen bases in AAA especially have come with a lot of caught stealing. So I just wonder if he's not going to get as many green lights. The Giants have nothing to lose. They should turn him loose. But I just wonder if that 30 steal season we saw back in 2017 is a little bit of an outlier for him. Dude, you know, dude leaves Milwaukee, and it's just crap all over this poor guy. <laughs> I, no, actually, you guys have me like actually thinking that Dubon could be uh, could be a value certainly at that point. Good under the radar pick, DVR. You're next up with Ian Happ. Yeah, why don't people like Ian Happ anymore? I mean, a couple years ago, everyone loved him, and last year in the limited time he was with the Cubs, got the K rate down twenty five percent, still draws walks, has a little bit of speed, definitely has power. And it just seems like they've really soured on Albert Omora. Like, this is going to be a guy that plays a lot in center field. He can play some other positions, too. And still pretty young. Just turned 25 back in August. So I'm in on a half outside of the top 300. I think he may creep up a few rounds, but I don't think he's going to get that expensive as we get closer to opening day. Solid Didn't first name. did he hammer the ball? Didn't he hammer the Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. No, sorry. Right. Solid first you. name. But yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Like I know his final stats don't show it. He ended up being 242, 16 homers. But uh, 
I kind of remember looking at it maybe in like April or May and like Ian Happ was tearing the cover off the ball. Or maybe I was looking at like July and he was on some crazy streak. But there was some point where Ian Happ got super, super hot last year. And I don't remember the exact context, but hmm. it stuck out. I, I, maybe we might even had him on a rundown on this. Hold on. Ian, yeah, you can talk. I'm going to go control F Hap in our rundowns. <laughs> hey, listen, man. It's on one page. I'm looking now at Hap and I'm sort of seeing what you guys are seeing. And it's surprising me because I kind of like, you know, great first name. And, um, but um, he, he really does have a lot of power. I mean, 11 home runs and 140 at bats. That's in the major leagues. And, you know, you guys are right in terms of, Almora not being a real regular, they may split some time, um, but Hap's going to have the better side of that of that platoon, which actually leads me to my guy, which is Brandon Nimmo. Who look, I love Brandon Nimmo simply because when he walks or get hit gets hit by a pitch, he runs down to first base like like his butt's on fire, and I love that about a baseball player. Uh, he's also going to be in a similar situation with Jake um, Marisnik, uh taking some of his at bats on the left side. But I, I, I do think that there's there's some upside there. He's being taken at 312. The other guy I'm just going to throw out there because he's an Ian and Nando favorite is Jerkson Profar being taken at 346 with the Padres. We're, he is an, obviously an under-the-radar favorite. We're going to get somebody who says, oh, my God, Profar again. But in this area, yeah, it's somebody who I kind of like. You know, Second base is, is not a wasteland, but it ain't strong. And to get Profar in there as your middle infielder does not hurt my feelings, especially at that price. He was the number one overall prospect in baseball, like across the board, like, you know, Baseball America, MLB, whichever, yep. whichever you prefer. Profar was a consensus number one overall prospect. And the dude just hit some bad luck, right? Well, he hit some injuries and he had some, yeah. you know, he had, he had hips he, last year. Yeah. If Elvis Andrus wasn't there, he probably would have been playing shortstop for that team the whole time. So look at 346, that's a cheap price. And you can blame Nando and me if, uh, if you just wasted that pick, but what are you wasting? It's like the, the 20th round. I'm going to keep us moving. So we get through a lot of these talk about a dark horse closer that we love Nando. Who is your guy? Uh, I didn't really have a great one. I went with Tony Watson because I got into an argument with Vaquero about this, about who the San Francisco closer is going to be. <laughs> and our, uh, our our San Francisco writer, um, Andrew Baggerly, uh, when we asked all the, the beat writers to kind of fill in the blanks on a, a surprise player this year, he gave us Tony Watson. And I, you know, I'm just basically going, the beat writer knows more than I do. Um, and he said that they're going to use Tony Watson and build up a bunch of trade value for him, most likely at the start of the year. Um, and I was able to get him like the 31st round of an NFBC 150. That's great. So that's great. Yeah. I, 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 I like that one. Now, DVR, you've been bumming around on this guy for as long as we've been doing this show. Who is your guy? I'm still on Aaron Bummer. Uh, in talking a lot about closers in the last week, Alex Colome increasingly is a guy I just don't believe in. And now that the stakes are higher for the White Sox, they're going to make a change if Colome struggles at all. Um, so I'm just looking at that as one of those situations that it might not look completely obvious that there's going to be a change or that there could be a change this season, but Bummer, he is a Zach Britton starter kit. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think he can be one of those guys who's 94-95 with heavy sink from the left side, and they can find another lefty you know, to finish out innings and get lefties out. I know with the three-batter minimum, you have to finish the innings. The so rules are a little different, but I think Aaron Bummer could actually lead the White Sox in saves this season if Colome coughs at that job early enough. Dark Horse closer, there's your call. For me, look, Wade Davis was just announced as the closer for Colorado. He's available in every Dynasty League draft, which is weird. People are dropping him, uh, which is weird. And people in the the, uh, Rotowire Dynasty Invitational draft, he just went undrafted through five rounds, which is weird and I'm about to draft him in with Wilson Caraman and the devil's rejects in the second round because he's the closer y'all. So that puts Scott Oberg on the dark horse. It's pretty crappy dark horse. If I have to give myself, you know, a little slap on the wrist. So the guy I want to add also is Jay Reese familia. Now I know that Dylan Batances is also there, but Jay Reese familia. There was a time where Jay Reese familia was a top six closer in baseball. He's come back in the best shape that I've seen him in ready to go. I don't have full confidence in Edwin Diaz. I think it's crazy that he's being drafted as a top five closer, which he seems to be often drafted as. And I that's a real dark horse candidate there is for me as Jerry's familiar coming back and taking it over. Oh, a DVR dropping some breaking news into our yeah. show right now. From all oh, Craig Mish, our old friend Craig Mish, uh, who breaks a lot of Marlins news. Uh, Don Manningly confirms Brandon Kinsler with the most closing experience, short of naming him closer. 
pretty clear that's the direction. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, I don't think that, that's not a surprise. I mean, it's cool to know, but I don't think it's a surprise, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's going to change like six times this season. Any any Florida any Florida closing situations, I'm not I'm not paying for. Dude, I don't even, the the Rays. I don't even. Want, I mean, what's his name? Was I thought was going to do uh, Colin uh, Posh. And now he's not even in the conversation this year all of a sudden. Well, Pagan, they just traded Pagan to San Diego. They're planning on Nick Anderson. Jose Alvarado should be back on everybody's radar as somebody who could could get some closing, uh, could get some save opportunities. So, But speaking of the Marlins, let's move on quickly. I'm just getting us through. <laughs> you really are all businessmen. I'm sorry. I'll leave. You, you no, can, no, 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 no. No, but just let's you know, I do wanted to ask you some questions about President's Day. <laughs> all right. Go ahead, Nando. Go ahead. Take it back oh, over. I'll, I'll bring it up. No, let's go to the Marlins. I don't want to ruin that for someone who got excited. Yeah. Uh, well, all right. I'll go first then. Sandy Alcantara. I'm telling you, man, Sandy Alcantara, I picked up at the end of last season in a number of dynasty leagues. He was just sitting out there floating. And now everybody is trying to trade for Sandy Alcantara. Everyone is wants him. He's like the the hot. I think Eno talks about him. You guys talked about him on Rates and Barrels. And everyone's trying to trade for Sandy Alcantara. So I love that. And I love you him. Listen, you listen to Rates yeah. and Barrels? Man, come on. That's, that's the best show on The Athletic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Sandy Double Alcantara. Double nominated. Ian has a tell. He sniffs when he lies. <laughs> <laughs> Sandy Alcantara for me. Hashtag sniffle. Hit, hit that, hit that back answers, 15 oh, okay. button on your player right now and you'll hear it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said I sniffed on the best uh, podcast because, well, it doesn't matter. They're, thankfully, The Athletic, like it has the best uh, writers, really, in, in the business, I'd like to think that we're bringing some of the best podcast stuff that's out there. So a lot of other great shows out there, but I think ours and Rates and Barrels and all the other shows are bringing something uh, unique and fun. So who's next? DVR can go next. A Marlin I love. I love Monty Harrison. You can't really draft I can get him. get behind that. Well, yeah, this is, this was a very Nando-friendly player on uh, on this <laughs> particular episode. But I, I don't know if you can really draft him outside of maybe like NL only and then draft and hold formats right now. But he's definitely a guy you're going to want to think about as an early season pickup because I think he's going to get a chance to play in the outfield at some point this season. Lewis Brinson probably gets the first crack just because he's a little older and He's been up and down a few times, but Monty Harrison was really efficient as a base dealer at AAA last year. He's just tooled up like crazy. We've talked about it on the show before. I think he's one of those guys who's going to figure it out a little bit later than most. You look at the actual scouting grades. Fangraphs has him down with 65 raw power to go at that 60 speed. Big arm in the outfield. Like Could easily play right if Brinson's playing center. Uh, they're going to use Corey Dickerson for a little while, but is Corey Dickerson going to finish the season in Miami? Probably not. So if you're looking for cheap speed that could come with some power and maybe not even hurt you in batting average, I like Harrison a lot. I also like the fact that for a guy that strikes out, he still draws walks. Had a 10.2% walk rate last year at AAA as well. So um, I, I would take the the over on every part of his slash line for 2020. The projections have been like 224, 287, 373. He just, he's one of those guys that if it clicks, it's going to be a huge payoff. I would love to see him coexist with Lewis Brinson in that outfield and both of them hit their stride at the same time. Wow, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Lewis Brinson had like the best range of any center fielder two years ago when he was struggling. I think that's what kept him up for so long is that his defense was so great. He covered so much ground. Oh, Brinson, Brinson in, uh, I just saw this, that Brinson in like 80 games was the seventh best uh, run saved center fielder in baseball. He's yeah. that good in the in the field. I mean, he's just phenomenal. I still believe, man. I, you know, he had a great on base percentage in the minors. They kept messing with him. I don't know. I like Lewis Brinson still. I'm never going to stop. I see the numbers. I believe in them. He's going to be my Jed Jerko, I think. Like, who <laughs> you just like for three years, and then he finally breaks out. And then you can, you know, move on to the next guy. Yeah. Or no, no, who's your guy? Who's your Marlin? It's Aguilar, but I mean, I've, I've talked a little bit about him already. I think he can get back to form. I think it was an injury thing that kind of hampered him last year. Um, so there. That's, can't think of a better. Good. Cannot think of a better place for him to land than 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 um, the Miami Marlins. I mean, he, yeah, there's he might, really yeah, really opportunity. James Rousen. Hmm? right? We're not a, James Rousen, the hitting coach who came from Minnesota. Oh, oh okay. Who, whose whole theory is like, I want everybody to hit home runs. I think he's going to really get into that. I think that's going to be a much improved team. Um, And you're getting him cheap. 
He's nothing. He's basically nothing. We just we're actually putting out a first base roundtable this week. Uh, Funston just sent the the questions out, and one of them is you know who's who's a player you're going to own a lot of shares of? Who's the first baseman you're going to own the most shares of? And I said it was it was it was Aguiar. I mean, if you look at like what Anthony Rizzo does, and this is a bad example, but Anthony Rizzo hasn't hit 30 home runs in a couple of years. You know, he's hitting 290 pretty regularly, but if you put him next to Aguilar, what do you, you know? What's the difference besides the obvious? <laughs> what's the, all right, not the difference? What's, there's not a huge downgrade. Like for, first base for me this year is like three guys up top, a bunch of dudes I don't want anything to do with, and then right around like number 30, 31. You know, Aguilar pops up, and it's that's where that's what I want to do. If I'm not me, getting Pete Alonso, it's you know I'm out. It's I don't want Pete Alonso this year. I just think people have to overpay for him. I like Josh Bell this year. Josh Bell, Luke Voigt, those are my two. I can get behind it. Ian, uh, quick question. Sure. I hope you don't mind that we keep asking these George Washington questions, but I'm just nope. uh, especially now it's President's Day coming up. Yeah, I'm just I'm totally intrigued by the life that you live. Um, like, is there, is there any extra you do? Is there like a thing? Like it's President's Day. You really have a case to be like one of the leading George Washington scholars in the world, maybe. Eh, I mean, you basically I mean, studied and lived this guy for what four years, yeah. five years? Yeah, four years. Uh, no, I mean, you had scholar. to be like get ready, right? There's probably absolutely some time no. I, I there's up. definitely a, a connection that I feel to General Washington. Um, it was very. It was. It was really heavy during the four years I was doing the show. Like every single day, I would think of him. Even when we were in the, you know, in, in during hiatus, I would I would still sort of like keep him next to me and <laughs> talk to him and be like, "Yo, am I doing this right? What do you think?" Um, now it's sort of lessened. Thankfully, actually, I remember the last day of shooting, kind of thinking like, "All right, now I can finally take this off," because like he's he was so uh, disciplined. In so much that he did. So, like, I, I'd be, like, in the car and somebody cut me off and I'd want to go, you, f- you, you know, and then I'd go, go ahead, do oh, it, no, do it, make no. DVR beep it. <laughs> and then I'd say, I'd say, no, no, come on now, come on now. And then as soon as, uh, as soon as the show ended, I was like, all right, I can let loose a little bit more now and be a little less uh, worried. But now I have great admiration for him. He was an imperfect, great man. I mean, he was imperfect, without question. Um, but if you get to know him, he... he there is a lot to admire in him, for sure. So I will, I will celebrate. There's a sort of a fraternity of George Washingtons, um, and so we will all engage each other on that day, for sure. Is this like uh, people who have played George Washington on TV and film, or is it like a? It's more the, the guy who does the museum. Uh, the guy who is General Washington at Mount Vernon. His name is Dean Melissa. He is uh, sort of the dean of George Washingtons. He's been doing it for about 25 years, soon to retire. Um, he, he and I are quite close. And then there's my, my historical advisor on the show is a man named Dan Shippey, uh, who is a George Washington person in, on the West coast. So, and then there's a, you know, there's just a closeness, you know, if you spend that much time thinking about the guy, you have a certain understanding about the world. I think we should do hashtag George Washington. Okay. Secret word. I think that's, I think that's nice and appropriate. Okay. President's day, right? Yeah. All right. Unless we come no, up with something like as good it's, as tainted meat, that, yeah. no, no, no. Unless we come up with something ever... as good as tainted meat, because that was my favorite <laughs> secret word of, of all time that we've done. We got to bring that back. It's weird that you guys didn't know about that. Still, <laughs> to me. actually, it was it was Joel Hennard who wrote that he was driving along, listening to us, and he almost got into a car accident because he was laughing so hard about that tainted meat conversation. <laughs> it's a real. There's thing. my sniff. There's my sniff. All right, let's go back to sniffle. I like it. Let's go back to sniffle. Okay. DVR, which, are you on board with that, Sniffle? It would either be acceptable. I mean, if I put both in there, like we'll say hashtag George Washington or hashtag Sniffle. Yeah, the either one. Answer. Either one is fine. Ian. Yes, sir. A catcher you love who nobody else loves. Catcher I love that, well, I always skip the category. But anyway, continue. Uh, the catcher I love that nobody else loves is, and I kind of took advantage of this, but the guy I really like is Jorge Alfaro. I just think that he's graduating into his next level of, you know, he's getting to that age where catchers are valuable, um, where they get better, where they get more comfortable. And he's got so much power, power to left, power to right. I mean, he's just a, he's just a, you know, so he's not a fully under the radar guy, but I've got him as a top 10 dynasty catcher. And I think other people would have him a little bit lower. So I'm going to go with Jorge Alfaro. DVR is making changes in the rundown. 
Alfaro's really tooled up. No, I, I wrote, I mistakenly wrote Austin Adams under the catcher I love, and I, I meant to write Austin Allen, the guy that got traded from the Padres to the A's in the Jerickson Profar deal. Uh, I, I think Allen's one of those guys, he's going to play quite a bit as the backup in Oakland. Sean Murphy is a rookie himself. I mean, he got a little exposure to the big leagues just like Austin Allen did. Uh, I like Allen because he's the lefty. If it became a straight platoon, the playing time would flip. I think Murphy's a good enough defender where it's not going to be a platoon that favors Allen. But for your two-catcher leagues especially, we're talking about a guy who's hit 21 or more home runs at each of his last three stops, high A, double A, and triple A in the Padres organization. No one cared about him for two reasons. One, the Padres are loaded with prospects, and two, the Padres were loaded at catcher. Now he's in a situation in Oakland where he's going to get a chance to play. Kind of wonder if they'll move him around a little bit like they have with uh, Chris Herman in the past. So uh, Austin Allen is that guy that I I like as a a very cheap second catcher you can get late. That's not Chris Herman. (laughs) That's (laughs) all I would have said. Never heard anyone say it that way, but hey. Actually, I vote Herman on that because they get the second N's. Is it two R's or two N's? He's got both. He's got like two of everything. Hold on. Herman. Oh, no. He's not showing up. Oh, two R's, right. Herman. Yeah, I, I'm with Nando on this one. Yeah. And please let us know. Is it Chris? Because it can't be Herman. Because wouldn't it just be H-E-R-M-A-N if it was Herman? That's what I thought, yeah. So is, I think it's got to be, even though DVR is our king of pronunciations, I'm with Nando on this one. That's Chris Herman to me, baby. His name, his nickname is Herm the Worm. So that seems kind of odd. I got a buck. I got a dollar that says it's Herman. Chris oh, Herman. I'm checking, I'm checking the pronunciation guide. This is exciting. I'm very excited. H-E-R-R-M-A-N-N. Nothing. There was, a, there was also a reliever, the exact same last name. He's in the pronunciation guide, and our, our friend Chris is not. And it just says Herman, like the way oh. you'd expect it to be. So if they're at all related, you know, dollar to DVR, I guess. Damn. Well, yeah, now yeah, I don't even want to finish the show. It's good. It's just Herman. <laughs> He's going to walk I'm out. saying it wrong all this time in my head. Chris Herman. Yeah. You don't need me. Ian's all business, man. He's pushing this throat. We show got we got to get through. We got to get through it. We got some good ones at the end. Uh, well, let's go to the end then. Ian, 15-team mixed league roto scoring draft. Would you trade your first five rounds away for Ronald Acuna? Oh, yeah, that's not, that's not the one I meant. Um, no. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> I'll be sure to run all these questions by you before yeah, the show next no, time. That one, that one, no, no, no. That's a good one, but that, that's not the one. Um, uh, no, I wouldn't do that. No. I, I mean, Acuna's great, but first five rounds, no. not No. DVR? Can't do it. Sorry. Too much. Can't can't do right, the, uh, the Ditka for Ricky Williams thing. How about first, third, fifth, and tenth? No. Still can't quite do it. No, I don't think so. I mean, if you have the 15th pick, you're getting Alex Bregman at 15. So you're talking Bregman, Kershaw, Bregman, Kershaw, and then 5th, you're going Josh Hader, and then 10th, you're going Schwarber. I don't know, man. I, I think I'm I think I'm sticking. I think I'm st- I, I, I'm going to stick with just 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. I'm going to do this. What if it was Acuna and Trout for your first seven? A little different, isn't it? Yeah, actually. That I probably would do. All right. One, two, three. It's a fun idea. It's a fun exercise, right? Yeah, it's it, it would depend on where that first pick is. Is it is it the end of are you at the end of the first round or are you pick six? Where are you? All right. Well you're pulling a Jake here and where you're trying to get into the, <laughs> the nitty gritty. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. When you say draft. Yeah, right. I guess you could do that. But I mean, I don't know. I mean is Mookie Betts at four? Or five? I don't know that I would do that then. You know what I mean? Like, I like bets this year. If you're, if you're at the back of the round, though, and you're going yeah, it's the, 15, yeah, back, 16, 45, 46, I mean. like, I yeah, think you could that, probably do it. You could do it, but it, I don't know, man. It's an interesting question. All right, well, thank you very much. Well, you're very uh, DVR, uh, you get very sick before your draft, and every non-athletic expert ever. And we had to put that in there because Ian would just name all the athletic writers who he loves and respects so much. Uh, yeah. They offered to, to do the auction for you. <laughs> who, are you who are you picking as your stand-in? Uh, this is a fun question, too. I, I would actually I know, I like hope question. that Dave Potts would be kind enough to uh, take my place. He's probably the best all-around fantasy baseball player across all formats in the world. Drafts, auctions, you know, high stakes, DFS. 
Uh, just amazing what he's accomplished so far as a fantasy baseball player. So he'd be my choice. I actually won best baseball article from the FSWA also. So he doesn't just win leagues. He also you know beats us at things like writing contests as well. Doesn't he have a cool background too? He's just a good guy. Like I, I mean, you know, someone that wins as much as he does. I mean, we're talking multiple seven-figure prizes. I think from from DFS, like, could just be like a total cocky jerk, and he's he's neither of those things. Just really down to earth, fun guy to hang out with at conferences and stuff. Uh, played Tecmo with me a couple of years ago at First Pitch Arizona. Took a really bad beat too. He um, he lost a fumble on his on what would have been a game-winning drive and. Handled it way better than I would have. I would have just lost my mind. I think he knew. He's like, I won that game. <laughs> the guy just got cheated. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Ian, did you know the DVR has a temper when it comes to I know. To that's what I was kind of taking. I was like, look, Chibata yeah. bread going nuts, man. He's <laughs> like, uh, he's like, I would have lost my mind at that Tecmo Bowl game. Yeah, no, <laughs> uh, that, 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 that took me off guard. I, I, I will admit, no, nah, it's good. I mean, he's holding it together. Um, Ian, who's your guy? Uh, my guy would be... Mr. Clay Link. Um, Clay is clearly one of the best players in the game, and he's just real clever. He's, you know, when we drafted in tout, and I was sitting next to him, I just kept looking at him going, how'd you get that? How'd you pull that off? And then his team was just so dominant during the season, and just other leagues that I played with him in, I'm always like, Clay always has, uh, he's always, always got a plan, and always keeps open. And he also, he tends to like guys who are younger, like he he buys in on the he'll pay the extra couple of bucks on Acuna before Acuna he'll you know his team is filled with Rafael Devers and Glaber Torres when everyone's like oh, I don't know let's see how he comes about Clay's like no no I want the upside there so I think I would go with uh, Clay Link with Alex Cushing as an honorable mention oh well Cushing's gonna be crushed he came in second <laughs> that's good that dude's too good man hey oh listen. good news DVR Nano DVR is now in GDD with us and Derek Cardi oh yeah oh yeah. That's- that's good news. That league is just, oof. That's just, it's murderer's row over there now. I mean, it already was. So adding Derek Cardi and Derek Van Riper, it's pretty cool. Who dropped out? I mean, well, I guess maybe this is a podcast I, topic, but I, I wonder who popped, who dropped. I think it was those, it was the two guys that Steve, like buds of Steve, that were, you know, kind Scott of Scott Gilroy? No, Gilroy's still in it. Gilroy's right. definitely in it. No, 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 no. Gilroy's still Gilroy's the main reason why I wanted to join the league. I wanted to play in a league against Gilroy. Well, Gilbert's a good guy. He is. Yep, uh, great guy. Yeah, Facebook poster. Nando, Often. who's your guy? Yo, uh, my guy, it's Chris Liss. Um, and simply because we end up going for the same players a lot in auctions, so if I let him do my team, I'd know he would hand me one that I liked. Nice. That's nice and simple. I mean, I love him. He's good, obviously, if we're picking the same people. Uh, so, you know, that's why I picked Chris Liss. Very good. <laughs> Look at us. That's we got through. We got through almost all of our rundown. Uh, there's a lot we skipped in the middle. Did we? Let's do them yeah. fast then, because I want to get through a rundown. We promised DVR we would start getting through these rundowns. You got six minutes and forty five seconds still to go. Here we go. Here we uh, go. Let's do all it. Right. A Another player uh, five hundred plus player five hundred plus ADP. I love is Ian. Uh, Joe Ross. I like Joe Ross. I was picking him up everywhere last year. If he comes out big this year, he could be a real value for you. Could be an SP4. Joe Ross, Joe Ross, Joe Ross. All right. Well, thanks for taking all six minutes. Uh, there you go. <laughs> with the, in the rapid fire segment on Joe Ross. <laughs> DVR. I like Willie Castro. Really young player. Switch hits. Could end up leading off for the Tigers because they don't have that many options. And uh, I think he could be this year's Kevin Newman. I did Anthony Kay. I think he's being overlooked. Everyone loved him last year. Then he got traded to Toronto, and everyone's kind of forgotten how good he was. Very good. Uh, random, random fantasy rule I love is DVR. I like that you can't pick up players on the IL in most of my leagues. I think it, it keeps you to it keeps you making difficult decisions with your own roster, whether or not to hold those players, and it just keeps people from stashing players away when they're rebuilding in keeper leagues as well. Ian. Uh, I like being able to trade fab money. It adds to the ability, like in Dynasty Leagues where you can trade draft picks, being able to trade fab just makes it easier to make trades. And anything that makes trading more uh, often is good for me. Speaking of Jake Seeley, he calls it fob. Uh, Does he really? another, fob? Day, another day, though. Yeah, that would drive DVR crazy. Um, <laughs> you know, the funny is- thing is Eno doesn't pronounce it at all. He just reads the letters. He calls it F-A-A-B every time. He refuses to call it fab. That's weird. Yeah, it gets under my but skin. But that's you know what? That's for your show. That's your problem. Fob, 
Fob is not. No, that's FOB. Yeah. Fob's a key thing for your car. Yeah. 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 Nando. Uh, The original Roto League made you work your name into a pun as your team name. I thought that was a really cool. I love it. What was your name back in the day? I was the Defino Grigios. Uh, (laughs) It's hard. It's actually harder than you think to make a pun out of Nando or Defino. I, I would go. I think I would go with the Killer Cons. I like that. Hmm. Derek, come on. You've got so on, many. You've man. got three options. Yeah, I know. It's, it's hard to do. Jack Van Rippers? No, that wouldn't work. That's Jack Van Rippers? No, 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 no. What's it going to be? Ooh, I, I may have to save that one for next week. Okay. I want to choose very bad. carefully here. Let's keep going. Uh, an auction tactic that I love is in. Uh, okay, auction tactic that I oh, love. Oh, I see there's a story here, so that's... <laughs> there oh, we go. Yeah, right. Uh, the, <laughs> the auction tactic that I like to do is sort of look like, ah, oh, man, I'm defeated here. They go, uh, Clayton Kershaw, $24, and I just kind of go, oh, man. And I kind of shake my head a little bit, and then I wait till going once, going twice, and I go 25 And sometimes that, that ends up working. But I'll pass on the Ralph Lifshitz story that can be held for another time. DVR. Bidding on everyone uh, because it it really keeps people from knowing how I value players. It's kind of just like trying to be a good poker player. Like if people can't read you, they don't really know what your plan is. And I think that makes it harder to play against someone if you can't read them. Mine is uh, being a talkative, well, a D head at the table. A Richard I learned head, that, yeah. throws, that, that throws me off of my game. And I'm sure it throws other people off. Like if I'm just telling everybody, hey, what a great pick that was. They're just like talking the entire time. I think it can work. It distracts people. Uh, well, could, you could end up distracting yourself there too. You know, like you, yeah, if but, you're talking so much, I, I saw that last year, somebody was talking so much and I was like, Oh, you just messed up there, pal. But yeah. All right. And all that nice stuff you said at the tout wars mixed table over the years was all just a tactic. I'm very disappointed. Hey, I'll call you in a couple weeks. I'll call you in a couple weeks. to we'll talk to you. Yeah, Glenn Colton is listening to all of this, by the way, guys, Glenn Colton is listening to all of this. Thanks for listening, Glenn. Yeah. Just he, like Herman has the two ends. He's taking all of his notes. I mean, That's my great. tactic, though, is not a thing that, like, telling people that I do that isn't, it's not going to help. <laughs> yeah, but now that I just told, waiting till just before sold to add the number, he's going he's gonna to call me on that for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, that's on him if, want, if he thinks a player is 26, then he'll say 26. Yeah. Just to rankle you, you'll get stuck with a player. Maybe, yeah. Or I'll just say, I'll wait, and I'll look really disappointed, and I'll go, 27. You know, and then go go hard. Twenty seven. It's done. You really want to come over the top now, Glenn? He's a very good player, though, man. Colton and the Wolfman, Hall They're of Famers, Hall of Famers yeah. for a reason. They are. And then the last uh, one, Nando. Do you have? You can do the last one. Did we have a last one? Two minutes. We had the. If I'm commissioner, the first rule I institute is. Oh, I miss. All right, my bad. If I'm commissioner, the first. <laughs> go ahead, Ian. <laughs> no, no, no. You go first. I'll go. Mine is I'll just make it five by five traditional roto. I think too many leagues have moved away from that, and it's annoying. DVR. It's going to be an auction. I mean, I'm 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 hell bent on it being an auction, not a snake draft. So right, so right. Mine is, and Nando's going to give me crap about this. Be freaking respectful, man. Like, don't be a <laughs> don't be a jerk. Because if you're a jerk, you're not welcome. Seriously, like not, DVR and I went through this in one of our leagues. It's like you're not welcome in here anymore. You don't get to you don't get to play. It's a DVR. game. Remember those posters that were like success and there was like a picture of a frog on a pond and it had that little, you know, success is measured by whatever. How many of those posters do you think Ian has in this house? <laughs> Over under 4.5. Oh, I was going to set the number at seven and a half because I assume Ian's got a few extra rooms. Uh, he's, had a, he's had a good successful career. Uh, it's, at, it's at 16. His basement is just lined with framed ones. There's one that, there's one that says... Persistence. Be yourself if you can. But if you can't be yourself, be Batman. Always be Batman. That one's in the house. That's a good poster. There's another yeah. one that says, uh, every little thing is going to be all right. There's another one that says, uh, it, it's something about when the tide is high or the tide is low, I'll be there right beside you. Yeah, you, you actually how nailed these, this, Nando. I think how many got, of these are crocheted? 
We've got no, no, no. They're all like I buy these. I don't know how you guys knew this. Yeah, they, they wood, like with I have the wood one. How do we yes. know this? This is show number thirty six. <laughs> yes, and you but just said I do. Your first rule would be be respectful. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's so true. I have these wooden planks all over the house that are like carved. They're nice. That have these like things that are around the house to be a reminder of how is our best way to live our lives as a family and how it is that is we for our children. How do how do you go out into this world and be an asset to the world, to yourself, to others. Like, I'm a big believer in that. So, yes, you are dead on right. 4.5 was the actually the right number. I think I'm coming in at five. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, man. That's how That's we a- end a show. Oh, by the way, speaking of over-unders, next week we're doing our over-under show, our oh, it's be futures. Good. Yeah, we're, we're going to the sports book. Whether Ian knows it or not, he's coming to pick me up. Yep. We're going to drive over there. We're going to print out <laughs> tickets. It's going to be amazing. Thanks for, very for me, guys. That's cool. Yeah, right. We were supposed to wait till Tout Wars Week so oh, that right. we could, the three of us can go, and we're going to do you're that. Right. We're not doing that. Yeah, we, we could do that like a like, carpool karaoke episode. Seriously, that would be like salami and cheese, mayo and mustard just in our hands if we didn't have DVR. Which nothing wrong with what you just described. <laughs> just lied again. <laughs> that was the loudest sniff of all, too. <laughs> sniffle. It's got to be Sniffle. Who cares about George Washington? Sniffle. Hashtag Sniffle. All right, okay. there's your secret word. For Johnny Sniffles, Ian Cobb. We'll see you next week, and thank you for listening. For the guy who overestimated how many success posters Ian has in his house, Derek Van Rijver. Yeah, I missed by a couple. I'm not a Afino. Thank you for joining us. Uh, you know, subscribe rate if you don't want to miss anything. We're not forcing you to do it. But thank you for listening. We'll see you next week, and there's going to be another great show for you tomorrow under the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast banner. See ya. 